If you haven't signed up for Discord, please do so. If you want to know what Discord is, it's an online community community that was designed for nerds and people that live at home with their parents. Is it? Am I lying here? No. Am I lying? No, it's true. For people that say Excelsior <laughs> and they play uh, Call of Duty, which I've never played, and Fortnite and things like that. But guess what? We've hacked. We've hacked into that nerdery. <laughs> We to give you a community of food nerds. We've infiltrated to We've make infiltrated it even, even nerdier. In even way nerdier than those nerds. <laughs> Where should we eat tomorrow? <laughs> ah, you're so wrong about that opinion. We have Discord as a food community, uh, a community that can help you live your life a little bit more deliciously. And if you care about none of those things, as sometimes we all do, you, you can have great discount codes to any day, microwave cookware, athletic brewing, which I believe is the best uh, non-alcoholic beverage around $40 off your first two orders of common tier coffee. I mean, that is like a <laughs> deal. That is worth signing up 15% for. 15% off East Fork Pottery. And of course, 10% off any of the Momofuku goods products that you can get pretty much nationwide these days at a place like Whole Foods, Target, Sprouts, I think all the Kroger's now. Etc. And we have two new spicy flavors, spicy chili, and just regular sweet and spicy. Yeah, so go check us out. And you can use those that discount code at shop.momofuku.com. All right, let's get on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else, like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit, where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing, you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to, though. But take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Demo Media. Thank you, Yolatengo, as always. So, we have something to announce that we can't really announce. <laughs> Not yet. But it will make it pretty, pretty clear. So, pretty soon. Pretty soon. But it has something to do with football. Yes, it does. I played high school football. Did you play football? I was not allowed to. Because mm, you're too smart. <laughs> yeah. My parents were like, your body's not going to take you anywhere, buddy. <laughs> and if I had to go back and do it all over, I probably would have worked for the New England Patriots as a video and assist, video <laughs> assistant. And I'd be one of, I'd try my best to be one of the terrible assistant coaches that have floundered as a head coach under the Bill Belichick tree. That would have been my claim to fame. <laughs> but you might be asking yourself, I don't give a shit about football. Mm-hmm. I don't even care about Dave. I just want to listen to Chris Yang. <laughs> <laughs> and to the one listener out there. <laughs> Mom. So just wanted to let you know 
we're about to unveil something. We've been keeping this in the closet for many years. Even though we've had our feet in the food world, we have been moonlighting anonymously as I think one of the greatest football duo minds to predict, to be sort of, um, how should you say, telling you what games to maybe make a bet on. (laughs) Yeah, just uh, suggestions. Mm. We're like the, we've been like the statistical Illuminati. As you watch all these people on TV examining their, we're not the statistical Illuminati. We are the Illuminati. <laughs> we are the Illuminati. They, they, you know, they look at game tape and analyze data and try to predict, predict betting lines. Little they know. So we're kicking things off with today. We're kicking things off today with our seasonal segment for all the week's upcoming NFL matchups. And if you don't care about football or betting, you should because this, while not caring about football and betting, you're going to learn that we've created an algorithm all the way since 1999 when Chris was like a sophomore in high school, right? And we didn't even meet each other yet, but we're working on it the same time. It was <laughs> two scientists at different parts of the world tried the same goal. And if you don't, if you, listen, seriously, if you don't think you care about football or who's going to win, it doesn't matter because you might actually know more about who's going to win than you think. All right, you want to just you're messing this up because if you know football, if you study football the way we study football, you're going to make yourself a better eater, a better diner, more knowledgeable, and you can't go wrong. So stick with us. You're going to know more about football than you think because really football and food are intertwined. They're like the, you know, they're the double helix inextricably linked. So we're going to label this. We've been keeping on the wraps for 25 plus years. But we took some cues from the great Vince Lombardi and we, we found in his notes who was also a, an Illuminati member. And if you read through his journals and his notes, you'll find that there was the secret code to the Pro Football Food Weekly. Mm-hmm. And by the way, after this, we'll get into a slice and a, a moif, et cetera. And maybe an ask Dave. An ask Dave, you know, an ask Dave. So we're just going to cut to the chase. Over the years, we have developed, and with our minds, it's been harnessed, or we've harnessed the power of our minds to give you this really powerful algorithm. Mm -hmm. It is almost the same algorithm that's created ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. Very, very powerful. Very strong. A lot of RAM is needed to power this. We couldn't unveil it until now because we didn't have enough RAM to run the process. That's correct. It would literally break the internet. (laughs) We're going to unveil... The Pro Football Food Weekly. <laughs> and we're going to tell you that we have predicted pretty much close to 99 to 100% of all outcomes. Stunning accurately. accuracy. Stunning accuracy in predicting the outcomes of, yeah, essentially every football game going and, back to 1999. And we also do sideline moonlight for Chris Collinsworth <laughs> Pro Football Food, Pro, Pro Football Weekly, because we're the two nerds that are just randomly giving everyone grades and numbers assignment for everything they do. But the real sort of engine of everything is the five S's. Yeah. So are you sure this is a proprietary system? Well, you know what? We live in a world of radical transparency. So I feel like there's nothing to hide anymore. Okay. This is, this We've is gone. a lot to give away. Honestly, this is, this is the backbone of the entire pro football food weekly. And you, we're going to reveal I'm, it. I'm ready. Why are you nervous and apprehensive? 
It's just our life's work is about to be revealed. I'm just sort of nervous to put it all out there. We've correctly predicted every professional football game for a quarter century using this system, and you're just going to give it away. We now. missed a couple, you know. Well, there's, we missed a couple. Those are huge upsets. Yeah, statistical anomalies. But we feel that you can accurately predict a team's uh, outcome in a game, and not just to football. You can do this really all sports. With the five S's, and that is determining a city sandwiches, steakhouses, seafood, their sweets, and of course, special teams, which is sometimes a hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just the. It's just that je ne sais quoi. That's exactly it. I was waiting for you to say that because I wasn't <laughs> going to pronounce that. But if you compare two cities side by side under this rubric, the five S's, and you give an objective comparison, and grade each category. Again, steaks, steakhouses, seafood, sandwiches, sweets, and special teams. In that moment where those cities are particularly at, because really you're not fighting against and competing against a, a, another team. You're, you're going city to city. No, this is football. What is, and course. that's really how you determine the outcome of a game. It's a moment by moment comparison. And if you think this is crazy, wait till you hear the story when we pitch this. <laughs> So we, we're, you compare these two teams side by side and you will get, with stunning accuracy, the correct winner. You'll predict the correct this winner. This is the, the algorithm of all the algorithms. It's the one algorithm to rule them all. Chris, can you give us our Pro Football Food Weekly disclaimer? 100% success rates assume success is a social construct and following with the theory of social constructionism, which posits that most much of what individuals perceive as reality is actually the outcome of a dynamic process of construction influenced by social conventions and structures. The content related to the outcomes of professional sporting events in Pro Football Food Weekly is not intended as a substitute for actual football analysis. Always consult the qualified NFL pundit before picking winning NFL teams. The Dave Chang Show and its partners suggest the Ringer NFL Show, available on Spotify. The Dave Chang Show and its partners do not endorse or encourage gambling activities. If you choose to gamble, do so responsibly and within your financial limits. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. Side effects of Pro Football Food Weekly may include upset stomach, heartburn, general listlessness, and frequent trips to the restroom. Seek immediate medical attention if you experience an erection lasting longer than four hours. Well done. Well done. It's a lot of side effects, guys. I'm also, I'm also a rapper in my spare time. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> gotta say. Got it in one. But as part of this is, it's a complete joke that analysts in a studio are like, well, I think this team is going to do this because they got a better blah, blah, blah. Of course. Right. But the real determining factor is what's the better city? (laughs) (laughs) And that's like, that's more fun to root for, in my opinion. I don't want to just root for the team. And it's an accurate prediction. Yeah. Think about it this way. Think about it. Think about it. Before you poo-poo this whole theory, isn't the team, aren't the players with better access to better food just going to perform better on the field? Cleaner protein. (laughs) Cleaner protein, juicier steaks, more mountain spring water, <laughs> electrolytes, whatever those are. So let's kick this thing off with really the, the game of the week for me is Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. Every week, I'm loving this Thursday night football. The matchup is between the Giants, the New York Giants versus those figs on a plate motherfuckers. <laughs> San Francisco 49. So on paper, Chang. On paper, this is this is a one-sided affair. On oh, excuse me, not on paper. According to traditional analysis, the Niners are a nine and a half point favorite right now because the analysts are just looking at game tape. But I assume that this matchup, when put through the five S algorithm, is a little tighter 
than the pundits predict. I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now. The Giants are going to upset the 49ers. <laughs> this is a massive upset alert. Not because I have any bias. No, because you put it's it with the 5S. My, m- listen, sometimes Chris's 5S's <laughs> differ from my 5S's. But and we have this really complicated mathematical formula where we add the two <laughs> S's. The, the, uh, the accumulative two S's. Right. And then we do this thing called division by two. <laughs> so... Yeah, for those for those who aren't really math types, what we're going to do here is we're going to award one city or the other a check mark in each category. Whoever has the most check marks will win the game. I I know it's complicated, but we'll, you'll 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 get a hang of it. Do you um, want to do you want right. to jump in? We're going we're going I want to go seafood first. Okay. And this is this is going to this is going to be controversial, but I don't really think so. You would think that who who would you think has the better seafood, seafood shops, seafood restaurants in aggregate that sell seafood, and really you sort of short of sort of index for like seafood shacks, oyster bars. Yeah, geogra- geographical geographical positioning. You would think I would think this, that San Francisco has the edge here. I mean, you have Swan Oyster Depot. Mm-hmm. You got Hogs Island Depot. Mm-hmm. Not Depot, just Hogs Hog Island, Island Oyster. Oyster. Yeah. You got Anchor Oyster. Mm-hmm. What's up? Is I've been to I have Anchovy Bar's good. Anchovy Bar is very good. That's the that's uh the the staple provisions guys, Stuart and Nicole. And you got and, Bar Crudo. Yeah, you've got uh You got you that aphotic. How do you pronounce that thing? I don't know. What is aphotic? Aphotic. Anyway. <laughs> you've got uh just oysters at Zuni, just the nice little oyster bar there, the zinc oyster bar. Lots of places to eat oysters in San Francisco. But mostly West Coast oysters. Almost entirely West Coast oysters. Which is, you know. Kumamoto's and Hog Islands. Not your favorite. I mean, listen, I like them. But in general, the seafood in San Francisco, man, here's, here's where you lose. Hmm. Chiapino. I knew you were. You know where you also lose? I knew you were going to New England clamp, New England <laughs> On the on the same level of stupidity as the Seattle hot dog. Oh no! You served New England clam chowder in a San Francisco sourdough bread bowl. Oh no! So that's a <laughs> that's like a six interception game, man. That's, I mean, you're judging the city by its bench players at that in that in, in pulling out Chipino. No bench players. You sell more Chipino and bread bowl clam chowder than any other seafood. Oh man. They are kind of starters. And as great as Swan Oyster is, as great as Anchor Oyster are. Oh, man. We don't have anything like that. Nothing dragging. There's nothing. There's no player dragging New York down. No. What is the, okay, who's the starter? We have Manhattan Clam Chowder. Every team has a weakness. (laughs) That is New York's weakness. I got to be honest. It is a, it's like, you know, taking Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning type of thing. (laughs) You know, it's, it's pretty bad. It's like drafting Trey Lance. Yeah. Over Micah Parsons. It's a really bad pick. It's, there's nothing we can do with it. We live with it. It's like living with herpes. Right. But it's not Manhattan Clam yes, Chowder. I just compared Manhattan Clam Chowder to fucking genital herpes because that's how bad it is. You just have flare-ups sometimes. It's minestrone <laughs> with chewy, rubbery, number two pencil clams. But to your point, San Francisco, the iconic seafoods of San Francisco, Chipino and, and Clam Chowder bread bowls, they're starters. Manhattan Clam Chowder is not off. Is not seen that often. Like nobody's really eating it. It's like a 
a stepbrother that we don't even know exists. <laughs> we just don't we acknowledge just, it. Yeah. So what is the what's the all star? Nobody, seafood? nobody lays claim to Manhattan Thumb Chowder. <laughs> I mean, if Manhattan. again, the the qualifying sort of tender for being able to say you're a Manhattanite is when you are clearly in the wrong and you're jaywalking, <laughs> but it's that fucking car's fault. That's when you know you've lived in Manhattan long enough to call yourself a. Right. You know, you've lived in New York long enough. You're in, you, uh-huh. you belong to the island. <laughs> okay, sure. But Manhattan clam chowder, even though it has Manhattan in the name, not a part of Manhattan. No. So what is the? I don't, it's I, listen. I now know what it's like to maybe be a father that doesn't want to lay claim to a child that I've <laughs> given birth because, like, I just <laughs> I acknowledge. I refuse to acknowledge Manhattan clam chowder. Right. But it, even though I know it exists, it's just John Snow to you. Yeah. It's just the bastard son. Yeah. Send it away. What? What is the what is the iconic seafood of New York? Then it's oysters. Yeah, it's oysters. New York would not be around without oysters, and you know San Francisco would be around without oysters. I, I see that. I I because they went there to dig fucking gold. <laughs> right. Smart <laughs> move, boys. <laughs> Listen, there's gold in them. So no, I feel like. I love Swan Oyster Depot. Mm-hmm. And while Hog Island is nice, it's become much more of a Dave, is, and, Bust, it, Dave and Buster's type of vibe. It is an excellent place to I love sit it. outside and have oysters. I love it. My but God. it's not like cool. Sure, sure. If we're talking about in the, the one in San Francisco proper, yeah, it's 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 a mob scene. It's like it's at the ferry building. It's very Swan Oyster Depot, I like because you you got to earn the right to order there. You got to stand. Give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. You know what? Anybody. I love reading the reviews of Swan Oyster, but they were so rude. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, no shit, no shit. They're rude to everybody. And you know why? They could smell that you were going to write a shitty fucking Yelp review, so they treated you like shit because they don't give a fuck. <laughs> it is a long ass line. I will say though, I will say it's a long ass. It's a long line. line, but I love it. It's fantastic, and it's in a lot of ways a perfect restaurant. But New York's got a lot of them. Grand Central Oyster. Grand Central Oyster is fantastic. Yeah. And their pan rest are underrated. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. Because yeah. that's, that's the, right. I, you know. It's not the, as, it may not have the deliciousness, but you're going there for the vibe, the ambience. And it's not just seafood. We have an entire appetizing. Oh. Got, I mean, we have Russ and Daughters. We got Zabars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys make, when I say you guys, all of California puts like fennel in their white fish salad. Oh. I mean, that's ridiculous. Barney Greengrass. Oh, man. Barney Greengrass. Come on. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it's it. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude. And it's such a strong thing. Astoria Seafood is a restaurant that you couldn't even have in the Bay Area because you're not cool enough. Damn it. Well, you go in and you're like, I want that. Yeah. And you go like, to the counter and be like, I want that. And then they make it for you. And then honestly, if you think about if, if Chipino is the sort of San Francisco's version of an Italian American seafood thing. And you look at the Italian American seafood available in New York, it's no competition. Right. Baked clams and the whole thing. Oh my God. I know. God, I thought this was an obvious win. We also have, San Francisco. we also have cool brasseries that you guys do not have. We have well, Balthazar. We have sure. pastis. Yeah, fine. I'm not worried. We got about all those. of McNally spots. Yeah, but you know, what do we? What do we? What we we got even the newer ones like Maison Premier's great oyster bar. What are we? And we even have our, a... our our good friend Anoop. 
is opening up Strange Lights, which is going to be his, because he's from New Orleans. He's going to be doing his, his amazing take on all of that. And of course, we have the, literally the goat of seafood restaurants, hmm. La Bernadette. So go fuck off. I mean, I, I'll give you advertising. I'll give you Name me one seafood restaurant in LA. But, like, but Laberta Dan, we're just like, what are we, handicapping a polo match? We're talking about football here. We're talking about the, the people's the people's seafood. A good seafood. We, no, I mean, we got it. We have the whole thing. You know, for we a second own, there. We own it. All right, so seafood you're giving to New York. That's, to me, a no-brainer. And I'd also argue that we have more fishing and greater access to seafood in the Long Island Sound than you guys have. Only recently have you guys, when I say you guys, San Francisco figured out there's fishing to be had. I will say, I will say that the fishing... We, we talked about it a little bit on the Hulu show. Exactly. And, you know, now Corey Lee is like hand-diving for anchovies. <laughs> Corey Lee is not personally hand-diving for anchovies. But yeah, I mean, I think that... I mean, speaking of Josh, we used to go out on the bay and go fishing. And you think like, nobody does that. For some reason, nobody. You know what you, know what you can catch it. out there? Diamond turbo. <laughs> you you know what you can get there? Fluke. You can get halibut. You can get striped bass. Halibut, the worst, wor- most wormiest fish in the world. We did catch a halibut. Yeah, but it's gross. All right. All right. So, so I think it's pretty good clear. You know, you agree. New York just crushes San Francisco. I wouldn't say crushes. I, w- I would. I actually had the same sentiment as Chris. I was like, dude, San Francisco's got good posture coming in here. And then they just like kind of slinked out the back. You, they, they, had, they had weaknesses in there. We thought, they thought the seafood game was strong, but there were weaknesses. All right. What do you want to do next? We're going sandwiches. Mm. Mm. What, what, what do you think about San Francisco? All right. To me, I know, where, I know what New York has. I know we're facing a formidable side in New York. Just with the, the, the sheer fact that Katz's exists to start out with. But I'm going to say San Francisco is much more of a sandwich town than people really think. San Francisco gave us Dutch crunch bread, one of the great sandwich breads in the world. There is the incredible Saigon sandwich, one of the great banh mi shops in the world. There is... Whoa, 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 whoa. Not in the world. In, 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 in the, the world? In the Western United States. In the Western United States. That's the... Crazy. Deli board is an incredible sandwich place. There's like, there's all these places that don't get any love because they're actually just sort of neighborhood spots out in the avenues and things like that. Balboa has a Balboa deli or something. These just massive sandwiches. San Francisco loves sandwiches. Yeah, truly. I, I agree. I agree with you. I, here's where I think San Francisco, it's a wash, right? The Italian American sandwiches, for the most part, you can have. Both. There's great Italian food. In fact, that's all San Francisco seems to be these days. <laughs> it's true. I mean, what do you want me to say? It's true. Always you want to go out way. to a nice upper, like, casual dining restaurant? You're going to get your focaccia, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to get a nice some house focaccia. House focaccia. This is a guarantee. Yeah. Doesn't even matter if it's Italian or not. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But like the nice sandwiches, the nice constructed sandwiches, I think, are, are a, a comparable. And I, I'll give you an example. Like in New York, they have this restaurant called Alidoro. Mm-hmm. Been around since like 1989. There's so many places like that. Not so many, but with Court Street Grocers. 
We have probably 15 to 20 in Manhattan alone. We're not even talking about the bodegas, right? That honestly make really great average sandwiches. When I mean great average, you know what I'm talking about. If mm-hmm. you just need a ham and cheese and you don't want to fucking make it, go into your corner, corner bodega. That's the shit. Bacon, egg, and cheese on a Kaiser roll. That's one thing we have over you guys too. So we do have advantage over sandwiches as a whole. But I'll give it to you. It could be theoretically washed because you can get some good sandwiches, right? But it's got to be on all that single origin fucking bullshit flour that was freshly milled. Uh-huh. You know, that's sure. just how you guys roll. For the most part. Again, we got Parisi Bakery. We got yeah. the OGs. So I'm not really saying that San Francisco has the sandwiches better. And when I say sandwiches, we're talking about mostly American to Italian American and French, right? The, you know, baguette with ham and beurre type mm-hmm. of stuff. Like all of that stuff. I feel like eh, New York has an edge, but it's not so dramatic. I mean, where San Francisco has an edge is on tortas. We have, we have, we have tortas and simitas. We have, yeah, I mean, I do not think that you have, I think it's a wash on bonnies. There's good bonnie in New York. There's great bonnies in New York, but they're not world class. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. So I'm going to just say like, those things are like a wash. I just think, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I I feel like going up against New York, I think New York has the greatest sandwich game in the country. Yeah, of course we do. So like, I'm, I'm just giving it to you for this reason alone. I could say yes, even though it's not a wash. Sure. If I'm being nice, great. You know? You're egg You're like, you're, I'm basically like, if you Boomer Sias and was as great as Joe Montana. Okay, fine. <laughs> all I wanted, all I, I'm, Jim I, Kelly was as great as, uh, I'd actually be willing to give this category to New York, except, except my only thing is, I think San Francisco underrated as a sandwich city, but New York is the, is the goat. I'm not talking about underrated. I'm talking about the best. I know. All right. And so, this is why, this is where there's like, I can give you all that. And here's the thing. We can have none of those things. We could lose all of those sandwiches and all the delicious fucking stuff. All the chicken parms, all the meatball heroes, all the beautiful subs, all the cold cuts. Amazing. We could lose it all. And if all we brought was Katz's, yeah, we'd win. Yeah. Patrick and that's, that's, that's why once you think about that, you're like, okay, what is the comparison? You, San Francisco could have all of the buff. Yeah. All we need is the goat yeah. and we win. Yeah. What 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 do you say about that? Because you have nothing. No, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing that can stand up to Katz's. And I don't need some bullshit. Well, Montreal Swords is a, shut the fuck up. Well, when they get a pro football team, yeah. they can be in the conversation <laughs> or a baseball team for that matter. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Expos. <laughs> Katz's, and we have plenty of pastrami as well in New York. But Katz's is, I mean, I will listen. Is it as good as Langer's? That's a whole nother debate. Interesting. But we'll get to that when we see a little... I think the the actual corned beef, pastrami, better in Kansas. But the bread Mm -hmm. is what it's... We're not talking about Langer's. I'm sorry. I apologize. I've already (laughs) gone off the reservation there. Just Kansas. So I'm just saying Sanchez is clearly New York and not for the reasons you would think. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. That's two... Two out of the five S's already in the New York category here. I see this upset brewing. I'm going now sweets. Mm-hmm. Sweets. Sweets and baked goods. Okay. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to say right off the bat that our weak, our weak point, if you're looking at sort of the iconic suites of San Francisco, the first result you're going to get is always going to be Ghirardelli chocolate. Or Scharfenberger, too. Scharfenberger from, from uh, the East Bay, from Emeryville, which is now Hershey's company. But Scharfenberger... They make a delicious dark chocolate. It's so <laughs> wonderfully bitter. <laughs> there are some good chocolatiers in Sarasota. Dandelion's amazing. But I listen, I'm going to write... Out, another gonna, fucker brings up Dandelion. <laughs> Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli. A lot of my friends that are successful tech investors... They just talk about Dandelion forever. And Dandelion might be a wonderful place. I'm sure it is. People love it, but I'm never going to go there. <laughs> I can actually. Because I can't, I can't be caught with a Dandelion bar in my hand. <laughs> it is a wonderful place, but it is absolutely like a tech darling. Listen, I'm just going to write off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to set old <laughs> Ghirardelli aside and, and point out two institutions that do come from San Francisco in, in defense of San Francisco suites. First of all, tartine started in San Francisco. So all of your banana cream pies, your insanely delicious pastries that have become iconic are from San Francisco. We claim them. And then there's Chad's a little, from Texas, though. So. Then, okay. We're going to trace things back to the roots that everything delicious came from Chinese people. <laughs> China's going to win the NFL at the Super Bowl. And then Mitchell's ice cream, which has been around since like the 1950s, has never, has like, Cheap prices always has a line out the door. No matter what the weather is, it can be 30 degrees outside and people are lining up for coconut ice cream and mango ice cream and the whole gamut of flavors. It's a family business. And I think Mitchell's is sort of the iconic ice cream shop of San Francisco. Now, New York's got a big sweets game too, though. For somebody that is, you know, trying to, Defend from the five S's. I'm a little disappointed in your oral defense. Well, I just feel so. You're handy. forgetting. You're forgetting all the baked goods. You got, a, you got a lot of great bakeries. That's true. You got that Coogan Amen one, B Patisserie, right? <laughs> yes, the Coudamad Coogan Amen. <laughs> I mean that that alone. Yeah, you know, that's a winner. That's if you haven't had one of those. God, it's insane. Just imagine the crunchy end of a croissant glazed in sugar and it's just the entire thing is made out of that it's like a justin jefferson <laughs> it really is yeah. it's like why is it so good on such a shitty team <laughs> sweet from every angle it's so good <laughs> it's so good it's literally one of those things where you could eat five of oh. and be like i could eat a six one yeah i could probably take one more of this yeah that coogan amen thing <laughs> my god that's an that's an it's not called delicious. queen amon there was that's the, called amon saint Brown's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are there are delicious the croissants places. in general, like the high end croissants. Yeah, the ones that shatter all over your shirt. Yeah, because they're so properly made. I believe that in San Francisco. Please don't get me that. I mean, New York have has the upper hand on the on the bougie croissant. Yes, I think that is true. The big like open it up and butter spills out of it. Bougie croissant. Yes. I think our good friend Chad, Tartine, if it was in New York, would crush. Mm-hmm. I also think that I had the best dessert I've had. That's right. Is Nari in that? Well, that was like a pandan crazy. Was, that was like thing. that was unreal. 
Yeah. That was like seriously one of the best things I've had to eat all year. I think the higher end desserts at the fancier restaurants are also. New York had the owned it, owned high end desserts. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking just that wasn't even a comparison. That was also the heyday of that American pastry chef that was all just located and had a stranglehold mm-hmm. on it in America, in, in New York. Have I been to all the super nice restaurants in New York? No. Is the pastry chef, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, Stephanie Pride, I believe her name, is running all the stuff at the Carbone and Torisi. I think she makes amazing stuff. I also have to recuse myself from Tosi and all the milk bar stuff. I also have to say that Lady M's, which was born in New York City, which does those crepe cakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to see a grown man eat a whole cake by himself, that's the one you do. I did not I did not have you pegged for a Lady M crepe no, cake guy. Lady M. It's so delicate. <laughs> it's so good. And I don't give a shit if it's, you can get it mail order now. I don't care if it's coming from another part of the world. <laughs> sure. As long it's as- so good. And it's just, it is, for those who don't know, it is just like, 50 or 60 crepes with pastry cream between each layer, basically, right? It's just a fat stack so of good. crepes. And Magnolia Bakery. And I know there's great banana puddings out there. Uh-huh. I don't need you to be like, well, my grandma makes the best in this. You know, for something that is readily available. And I hate sex in the city. I hate <laughs> all of that vibe. That is such a Charlotte thing to say. <laughs> but... Magnolia Bakery banana pudding is it's like it's the real deal. If you want to consume eighteen hundred calories in, in like a cup, in a, in cup, a small coffee cup, that's where you go. <laughs> if you're feeling down and you need to fill your void of sadness in your life with yeah. some sweet sadness, this is where you go. Yeah, it's so good. You don't need a cupcake. You need that banana. And pudding. I'd also say, like, as a whole, a lot of the bakery. So the reason why I'm going to say a lot of the baked goods aren't baked in New York City and they're baked in Jersey. And again, that's a whole nother conversation. Are we, you know, is it the New York Jersey? No. New Jersey Giants? New Jersey Jets? Well, if we're going to be play geography, then I, I mean, you might Oakland, have to. You might you know? have to. So I'm going to just, I'm just moving a lot of the baked goods. We have so many good baked goods. This is a wash to me, right? It's a wash, but I am going to give it to the Bay Area because it's got that Cougar name in. <laughs> the Justin Jefferson of the pastry world. It's so fucking good, man. I just the Cougar to- name is the best baked good I think I've had in a decade plus. I just want people to post to Discord the many different ways they tried to spell this when they tried to Google what Dave is talking about. <laughs> they tried to spell Cougar name. And just, I want to I see. I mean, he could also, be, I think it was uh, the former UN ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi and none. Come on, man. All right. One in the... You got one. one Really? Because of the strength of the Kuganaman. One column for... Have you guys ever had the Kuganaman? Do you have any idea what we're talking about? The Kuganaman? Dave, you can't call it that. Please stop. (laughs) Why? I just pronounced it correctly. Jesus Christ. I'm pronouncing it phonetically. He's pronouncing it phonetically. (laughs) (laughs) He is is pronouncing it as it is written. So it's hard not to... Please stop calling it that. It's Kuganaman. Tell me I'm wrong. It's hard to argue with that. It's unbelievable. Who the delicious, fuck made though. that up? It's unbelievable. Del- it is the best delicious. goddamn thing you could taste. And I, when I mean five, it's because maybe I've had five and I regret not having six. 
It's a kind of good where you eat one. You're like, that's all you got. When mm. your friend goes, oh, I want to pick up some. What was it? Lady. What was it? Bee patisserie. Bee patisserie. And yes, I know that currently there's a couple other San Francisco really boutique bakeries. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I'm going for Kruger Neiman. <laughs> and when someone just gives me one, I get mad. Just Kugan Amon just sounds so much like a player. It's insane. <laughs> All right. I'm with it. I'm with it. And you know what? San Francisco, I, I, I do, I do apologize. There was, there has been a, like a crazy renaissance of, of bakeries like Bee Patisserie and, and Melissa Chu's doing her thing over at uh, Mr. Jews and all of these amazing things happening. So yeah, I'll gladly accept that. I'll take that. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled over easy or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Where do you want to go next? We're going to steakhouses. Okay. And, I mean, do we even have to? Well, I think we do. Because I know all about your Keens and your Lugers and the legacy of the New York Steakhouse. But for my money, and the money of a lot of Asian Americans when I look around the dining room, (laughs) House of Prime Rib is the is the jam. It's like I said, it's a Mecca for Asian American kids, either with their parents or with their, their friends who are going to, who, who, who like to go to a place where they see, Oh, I'm all in for 65 95 here. I'm all in from salad soup to nuts. I'm all in for my meal. I'm going to get a King Henry, the eighth cut with the bone of prime rib. And I know, I know, I know Lugers, I know Keens, but I'm just speaking from my heart. I'm speaking my truth here. When if I when I eat a steak, when I finish it, 90% of the time I think to myself, I wish that I had had prime rib. And there's no I've been to all of the Lowry's places down here. I've been to everywhere I go, I try to eat prime rib. House of Prime Rib is the place for me. Their showmanship, they're walking around with the big zeppelins of prime rib under there. They're spinning your salad on an ice bath. They're doing the whole thing. They're trying really hard. They're extremely they're extremely hospitable for a restaurant as busy they are. And it's, it's, and it's, it's prime rib. It's got the word prime in it. Optimus Prime. That's all you got. That's all we've got. I don't like any of the other steakhouses in San Francisco. I'm sorry to all the other steakhouses in San Francisco. Tadish Grill. I'm, I'm fine with Tadish Grill. I'm I love f- it. fine with it. I don't love it. And there's a lot of places that serve great steak. Every restaurant in San Francisco also serves a New York strip or a ribeye. It doesn't matter. Yeah, everyone's got it. Everyone's got it. So does every other restaurant in America. But it doesn't make a steak house. House of Prime Rib is pretty much the only one that counts. 
right? I've eaten at all the other ones, and I'm trying to show deep, deep love for my for my uh, Bay Area, but it's House of Prime Rib or nothing for me. I mean, again, it's another player, great player on a losing team. That's the way I look at it. Uh huh. Uh huh. What is the what is the it's low? It's like end? the Brian Burns on the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> or last year the McCaffrey. They see the McCaffrey, who's now on San Francisco, makes sense. Why is such a good player in such a losing squad? <laughs> well, the Prime Rib is a perfect restaurant. It really is. Yeah. But we got so many of those kinds of perfect restaurants yeah. in New York. The steakhouse really legitimately was invented in New York City. And we have steakhouses that go all the way to when the, the time of that invention. Yeah. Keens. I mean, it's impossible. We got sparks where teams. fucking mafia gets fucking blasted if you walk outside the door. I mean, Luger's. I know. I mean, it's it's Luger's. I don't even have to get to Luger's because it's just like Murderer's Row. Sure, but see, to me, all these legacy legacy steakhouses, it's a running game. West Coast offense, <laughs> passing game. Uh, House, RPO, of Prime House of Prime Rib literally is a. Run pass off. <laughs> it's the RPO, option. option. Come on, man. That's all you got. And We're listen. a modern city. West Coast offense invented. You got to give the steak and meat in general. To the New York Giants. We got it, baby. It's all. Uh, come on, man. That's a, this cannot be it. This is this is. So we're going to go to the special teams. Okay. You guys have clearly already lost because. It's already three to one, but can you make it a match? Can you make it a close match here? That's okay. all I'm asking. Here's my here's my argument. I've got a I've got a uh, an interesting special teams argument here. And uh, you know, originally we had talked about this special teams category as as the catch all for hot sauces, special sauces, signature sauces, but you know, any sort of magic that that a city has. It doesn't just have to be sauces. But I'm gonna I want to stick to the idea of special sauces and sauces, and and I'm gonna cite something very specific. And it is the little bottle of fish sauce on the table at Turtle Tower, pho restaurant, Vietnamese restaurant in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. And the reason why I'm going to cite this is Turtle Tower is a San Francisco institution. They serve a northern style pho. And they always refuse to put hoisin on the, on the table like every other you know, southern style pho restaurant. Because they insisted that this is not the style of, of pho that they were serving. It's not a fancy place. It's a total hole in the wall. And they held their ground for the entirety of their run on Larkin Street in the middle of the Tenderloin, which sadly ended this week. This was one of my favorite iconic restaurants in all of San Francisco. They held the line as long as they could. They served fish sauce instead of hoisin sauce. They were proud of what they did. They only did a few things. It was a small menu of these fat rice noodles with this beautiful, pristine, clean chicken broth. And you could, the only thing they wanted you to sort of accessorize it with was a little squeeze of lemon, maybe a little fish sauce and a little jalapeno. And I know it's not, fish sauce is not unique to San Francisco, but this week I'm feeling all sorts of feelings for Turtle Tower closing in, in the Tenderloin because they just couldn't hold the line in the larger sense. And so I'm going to say my special teams representative from San Francisco is a little bottle of fish sauce that you'd be able to get on the table at the city's best fun restaurant so now i look like an asshole <laughs> yeah well played 
Well, I was just going to focus on hot sauces again, recusing myself from the Momofuku Chili Crunch right, arsenal. Right, right. And I have tried two hot sauces. There's a Queen Majesty's made in Queens, okay. which has a whole variety. And they have a lot of different hot sauces. They're mm-hmm. all delicious. The habanero with black coffee, I like because the bitterness. The black coffee? Yes. Oh, shit. It's good. People send me a bunch of things over the years. Mm-hmm. I remember it. It's delicious. Another one that has been sent to me that I, I thought was delicious was a sauce from Azelina's. Have you been to Azelina's in San Francisco? It's a Malaysian spot. I have not, but I know of it. What was it? It was like a sambal. Mm. And I was like, it was very good. Mm. From that memory alone, I give the hot sauce to Azelina's. Okay. Plus your sad, sad story. <laughs> I was like, I got to pull out the big guns here. We're down to the last category. This is a 4-1 Giants over like my last foot over here. <laughs> well, as I'm driving in today, I'm like, I had to go against Chang arguing San Francisco versus New York food. I got to come up with one, one little trump card here. And if you're asking, but we have wonderful produce. We're not, that's not part of the fucking equation. It's not part of the algorithm. Wait, for, we got great fruits and vegetables. Wait for baseball season when we do yeah. the five piece. <laughs> One of our blue cots. Blue <laughs> no, well, that's out of the equation. The, the, our our five P algorithm. We have such wonderful vegan restaurants. Pluots, pears, <laughs> parsnips. Last time I was an SF, I was so mad because it tasted so fucking good. <laughs> it's one of those coffee shops that are like, uh, seems like it was made in two hours on the side of a building. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, like a, a drunk person put together with twig, uh, like twine and duct tape, a coffee shop. And you're like, how is this being powered? Like, where are you getting this energy? <laughs> you're just literally in the space between two buildings. Yeah, what here. the fuck? <laughs> and there's a line. There's like a 30 minute line for this coffee. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's leaving this coffee with this giant coconut. Yeah, that's right. And I'm like, I was so perplexed. It was like six months ago. I was like, what? What is happening? Yeah. Of course. Human nature. I got to try this thing. Because I, I was just so angry about it. It's pretty good. It took forever. They make a cold brew, like espresso type thing. It's like cold brew with espresso. None of it made any sense. <laughs> and then there's another person just hacking open coconuts. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And then they pour the shit into the coconut. And then they give you the coconut. And that's pretty much the only drink you have. And I wanted to hate it, but it was so good. <laughs> yeah. So get your coffee shops, everything. This isn't about that. This is about the only things that matter in football. Yeah. We also, with the five S's, predicted the success of Colorado and primetime. Mm-hmm. We also accurately predicted last week's win by the Eagles over the Vikings. Mm-hmm. We narrowly missed the perfect perfect like prediction on the score. Mm-hmm. I believe it was 34-28. <laughs> But this, this works. Steak, seafood, sweets, sandwiches, and special teams. It's infallible. So the final score, it's going to be 35 to 28. New York Giants. The New York Giants are going to win over the evil horde. 
Is this this is airing on the morning? Will this air on the morning of the game? You know, on the morning, so that you're going to hear this this evening. Yeah. If you're listening to this after the fact, well, you can pat me <laughs> on the back later because I just saved you. You've got you've got the Giants putting up 35 points without Saquon. <laughs> over San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. In San Francisco. Because Saquon's not part of the calculation. I got, he's not one of the five S's. <laughs> it's not one of the five S's. <laughs> it's not Steakhouse. It's Saquon. <laughs> okay. Let's quickly run through some other games from this week. And you handicap some of these based on some 5S stuff. You've got the New England Patriots at, again, the New York Jets. The Jets are two-point dogs in this one, according to traditional analysis. What do you got going here? The Jets versus the Patriots. So this is really a battle of the clam chowders. (laughs) And this has nothing to do with the boyish Zach Wilson now leading the Jets. Nothing to do with the great defense of the Jets that got roasted by the Cowboys last week. Nothing to do with it. This is everything. And nothing to do with the genius Belichick. Mm -hmm. This is everything to do with the clam chowder. (laughs) The seafood. And listen, you sometimes you can take the Jets. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why they've had a really pathetic 50 years, almost. It's because of that fucking Manhattan clam chowder. <laughs> Continues to hold them down. Yeah. All right, so you're giving this one to the Patriots for that. They got to slough Manhattan clam chowder off to like Fort Lee, mm. New Jersey, or something. Mm. <laughs> the, the Patriots are going to win. 42 to 17. Oh my God. Just <laughs> blowing the line out of the water. Way out of the water. Covering and then some because of the weakness, of, because of the, the, the Patriots strength. will exploit the weakness. Patriots are going to know that on that day, people are going to be making some good New England clam chowder. Mm-hmm. From Peru. They're going to be adding milk, not cream. They're going to get it fresh quahogs. Yep. And no tomatoes shall be harmed in the making of it. Uh, we got the. I mean, theoretically, you could put it in the Rhode Island clam chowder because the Patriot Nation goes all the way to Rhode Island. So the really, clear, the clear. It's the best because that's the best. That's the tastiest. Uh, you got the Rams at the Bengals, LA at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a seven and a half point favorite according to the odds makers. What are you looking at here? We're going to focus on the sweets here the Rams versus the, the Bungles. Um, <laughs> Grater's ice cream. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ice cream. In fact, we've been doing a lot of ice cream stuff at Ice Cream Alley. It's we true. taste a lot of ice cream. You got Wanderlust. You got Moonman, which mm-hmm. is the new permanent thing at Smorgasburg. Smorgasburg. But I feel like people think that Jenny's ice cream is Los Angeles, but it's really Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. Again, Ohio, where the bungles are from. McConnell's is to me the ice cream of choice, at least in LA, that maybe people I, I don't know if it's on the East Coast. I think it's a pretty LA specific thing. McConnell's and I mean Wanderlust too actually has become a pretty iconic LA thing. But we're gonna choose McConnell's for right now. Yeah. Because it seems to be like relatively new. Graders, I think, has been around a hundred years and they make it in the the French pot, I mm. believe. I'm going with Graders. All right. Because Graders, they have the black cherry ice cream. And I don't like black cherry because Cherry Garcia ice cream sucks. 
It sucks. Of, of all the, it, you, you could be. It you tastes could, like Dark Star. You could, <laughs> you could be. You could be so bleary-eyed and stoned at the uh, freezer aisle and be picking a Ben and Jerry's and almost not miss unless your hand reaches for the Cherry Garcia. It's the accent. worst flavor. Seriously, anything else, it's just a bunch of sweet peanut butter and chocolate and it's all fine. But then Every you other flavor. grab the goddamn Every cherries. Every other flavor at Ben and Jerry's is delicious except for Cherry Garcia. What is that? <laughs> it's just a The worst mine. one is when you get Cherry Garcia frozen yogurt. It's like you might as well off yourself. <laughs> yeah. If you accidentally touch that landmine, it just like a, it's it's almost impossible to do it. But if you grab that one, God, you might as well. Yeah, Raiders black cherry ice cream will is so redeeming of all black cherry flavors. Okay, their chocolate mint. I the flavors I hate. <laughs> Raiders is so good, and you can get a mail order. You can pick and choose. There's a ton of flavors, and I don't know why. I don't know what the process is because they they say it's like a small batch. Whatever it is, it's delicious. You know how it's good? You can't stop yourself. Yeah. One pint equals 30 minutes. <laughs> or continuous eating. You can't stop yourself. All right, Graders, so Graders is like, you know, it's like Barry Sanders or something. Is it actually? Or can Icky I get, Woods. Can I get that here? Can I get Graders here? You can get a mail order too. Okay. It's a good present. Gift. Mm. Because everyone's going to open it up because if they're not from Cincinnati, because I believe you're from that area, it's in all the stores. Mm-hmm. But when you, this is, I, somebody could get, send it to me as a gift. And I, but I was like, <laughs> fucking Cincinnati. <laughs> Come on. And now I'm taking full credit because I'm like, it's, it's a wonderful gift to make year round. It's so, it was so good. It, it knocked me silly. And, and I think it's fantastic. All right, so you're sticking. So sometimes the five S's confirm the the odds makers' lines. So the Bengals are seven and a half point favorites. What do you got this score? Cincinnati, L.A. Eight to zero. <laughs> <laughs> seven and a half. I'm going with the line here. It's at Cincinnati. It could be another bad weather game. Even Joe Burrow's probably not playing. Don't matter. Joe Burrow's probably out, crushing my fantasy dreams. You know what? You know what's going to happen? Eight zero. This is, this is why the game is going to unfold the way it is. Joe Burrow's not coming to play. It's a low-scoring game. The LA Rams in the hotel, wherever they are going to be in Cincinnati, they're all going to have Grater's ice cream <laughs> right. for dinner the night before. And it's so good, they're going to weep. <laughs> and it's going to knock them out of the rhythm, and they're just going to be bumbling through the game. They're not even going to score a point. So it's going to be shut out because of Grater's ice cream. Right. And they're going to allow two, two field goals and a safety on the other end of the field. <laughs> no. What's going to happen is this. It's going to be 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh-huh. Bengals are going to score the first touchdown. And for no reason whatsoever, they're going to go for two points. <laughs> okay. The five S's are not only accurate. They can predict the game with startling detail. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. Saints, New Orleans, Saints of New Orleans at the Packers of Green Bay. The Packers are a two and a half point favorite here. What are you looking at, Chang? See, we could go with sandwiches or hot sauce here. Mm-hmm. Sandwiches, people may think it's a no brainer. You have to go with New Orleans. But you got some bratwursts. Sure. You got a lot of sausages. You got a lot of tubed, phallic looking <laughs> meats. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's pretty much 
all they eat. If yes. you want to know the biggest <laughs> fan of phallic-shaped meat-cased things, that's me. I love biting into that shit. It's so good. Okay. You're telling me that you don't love a juicy sausage? I love a big, fat, juicy <laughs> sausage. I fucking love it. What do you want me to say? I love big sausage. You love a big kielbasa. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude. The bigger, the juicier, the better. Mm. Mm. <laughs> there, there's something really weird about sausages in general. Yeah. But... <laughs> They make a lot of delicious sausage sandwich things up there. I agree. Right? I'm just saying. Sure. I mean, if you're talking sandwiches, though, you, you're saying it looks obvious because you got the muffaletta, you got the po' boy, but you're saying let's not write off. I'm working on something for this. I think I might be working on a muffaletta. <laughs> yeah. As a, like an idea mm-hmm. that may unveil itself over the next few weeks. Yeah. For something that we cannot explain. Yeah. You got the mufalada. You got banh mi. Mm-hmm. I mean, New Orleans is New Orleans, All of New Orleans East is a huge Vietnamese community. And you also have po'boys. Yeah. I'm just saying for the sheer variety, New yeah. Orleans wins on yeah. sandwiches. Sure. Now let's just go to hot sauces real quick. There's a lot of independent hot sauces makers, but really you just have to go to yeah, Tabasco. <laughs> Like little outfit called Tabasco. Little, literally. <laughs> I mean, you got Crystal, Crystal hot sauce, and then what do you got in, in Green Bay? Some mustards. You also have Popeyes mm. seasoning packets, mm-hmm. Cajun season packets. That's some special Cajun sparkle. That's, Woo! That is Woo! that is a very um, potpourri of MSG flavors. <laughs> it's just like. MSG lightly dusted with some other paprika. And Milwaukee, I haven't had it, but they say that Little Junior's hot, damn it, hot sauce and Martha's hot mustard are great. That's all they got. Yeah, I mean, I got this. I mean, in this, the books have this as a two and a half point favorite for Green Bay. I mean, I got this. It's in Green Bay. Yeah. And I think the world is shocked that Jordan loves play. Sure, but according he's to that, a I mean, lot, he's he's been fueled by a lot of vegan kielbasas. I've been listen. Told. I put my blind. <laughs> Jordan loves stumbling and falling into his own O line. That's one of the great things you'll ever see. But part of the five S is you got to put your blinders on to what you're seeing on the field and just examine just strictly by the food. So I got, I got this fifty six to three in favor of New Orleans here. <laughs> That's a little ridiculous. All right. That's a little ridiculous. It's it's more ridiculous than eight. Nothing. They go for two. <laughs> Nothing on the line. I think the Saints got to pull it off. 24-21. Oh, a close one. And for they're you. going to beat the spread. This is an upset alert. We got an, We have a five not, S upset. Not an upset. It's not an upset in the five. Well, or the five S's. No, no, it it's, makes total it's clear cut in the five S's. You want to do one more? Yeah. All right. The last one you got here is the Tennessee Titans. At the favorite Cleveland Browns is a three and a half point spread here. Yeah, I mean, three and a half, really, if I was setting the line, which I don't know why Vegas isn't asking us, <laughs> the spread would be seven Titans minus 17 and a half. <laughs> what, do you, what are you That's seeing? That's how strong the sandwich game is in Tennessee. What are you seeing? Yeah, what are you seeing that the bookies aren't seeing? Listen, Cleveland has baloney. They're strong baloney game. Mm-hmm. Don't, get them, don't get me wrong. 
But if you do some research, they keep on talking about a corned beef sandwich. Get the fuck out of here, Cleveland. <laughs> you cannot come to this game. The 5S is just going to spit you right the fuck out. Do not talk to me about a corned beef sandwich. Please bring your bologna game. Yeah. A fried bologna. You know who has a good, great fried bologna sandwich? Nashville. Mm. Nashville's got hey, great griddled and great smoked bologna sandwiches. I actually had I had an exceptional I had an exceptional fried bologna sandwich in Nashville. And all the hot chicken sandwiches. Yeah, hot Princes, chicken. Yeah. You name it. There's so many knockoffs. Yeah. It's not even fair that if I was going to put a ton of money down, I would bet close to my life savings. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans are going to blow the fuck out. I'm going to have to refer people to the disclaimer again <laughs> before you follow suit on putting your... Because guess what? I mean, like... I mean, listen, I was right. Because look how bad Deshaun Watson plays. Yeah. Very, very, very you, poorly. That looks like a man. Sanders game in Cleveland, while it can be good, just wasn't good that day. And that's how up to the date our analysis is. It's live feeds of what people are eating, what people are cooking, and the deliciousness in that current second of that game. Yeah. It's, this, is not, this is not just some historical indicator. This is up to the minute algorithmically processed data and the results are infallible. So you've got, we got one more. You've got one more, which is a, it's going to be the biggest upset. Wait, so the what's the score? What's the score on Browns uh, Titans at, at, at Cleveland? This is going to be a 31. Three. 31 to three. Yeah. Okay. 31 to three, <laughs> 31 to three, Damn. That's big... 31 to three. The Titans are going to blow out the Browns. Okay. Finally, we have another... <laughs> we've got the Chicago... I mean, listen. Cousin Sal and Jimmy, they just fucking give you their thoughts on guess the lines. We're giving you the accurate fucking results before the, before the games. He's... Chang is basically giving you that almanac from Back to the Future with all of the scores already printed in them if you want to run down to your local casino. And no matter what our fucking take is on all of this, it is not as bad as someone that lives in (laughs) western Washington State not eating oysters. (laughs) Oh, ringer. Oh, ringer, friends. All right. The last one we have, according to the the odds makers, what's going to be a landslide victory for the Kansas City Chiefs who are at home Against the Chicago Bears, the Chiefs are an 11 and a half point favorite in this matchup. What Which S are you looking at here? Well, I'm just saying the five S's have told me that the minus 11 and a half is on the wrong side. The minus 11 and a half should go to the Bears. <laughs> the odds makers are, are off by a factor of 100%. Mm. Yeah. It is a... Because that day, day, listen, most of the days out there, all it's like a weather pattern where I'm I'm, I'm like an accurate weatherman. I just know that the system is going to fucking take hold. And on the day of that game, in that 48-hour period of people eating around there, Kansas City has a tremendously strong barbecue game. Is it as good as Texas? Eh. I'm going to say no. <laughs> but yes. Arthur Bryant's is great, but there's great. There's great barbecue. There's a lot of upstart barbecue happening in Chicago. A lot of upstart and a lot of a lot of overlooked legacy Southside barbecue too. And on that day, the barbecue is going to be good enough 
that the algorithm is telling me that Justin Fields will throw accurate spirals for the first time in his life. Interesting. It might just be come down to that day. The barbecue will be on. The pitmasters will pull their meat at the exact right to pull their meat. Take their meat out at the exact right. Take their meat out. There's no way to say this without being pull horrible. Pull your meat. Pull their meat at the right time. That's what you're saying. Pull your beef. And then pull their beef at the right time. And that day, the sticky sauce in Kansas City just might be a little too sweet. I'm telling you. A little too sweet at Oklahoma Joe's. <laughs> so much, in fact, that Dave is calling a 23-point swing in the odds this here. Is correct. This is correct. All right. For what will be the highest scoring game of the season so far, I'm looking at 56-35. 56-35. So if you don't, if if you, if I'm giving you know, the real 22 points, I'm giving you the 22 <laughs> points here. Sure, sure. So I think 56-35. Yeah. I think that <laughs> even if you don't trust, even if you don't trust, Dave's also giving you the hint, at least bet the over-under on this one because <laughs> bet the points over on this one. Because this is going to be a 90-point scoring affair. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you cannot, and you don't believe it, you should. This is, this is we're going to change the, I think we might be on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated. <laughs> and by the way, if you're somebody out there who didn't care about football, but agreed with all these takes, you should, you should bet too. You might have a, you might be, you might have already subscribed to the five S's. All right, we'll take a break. All right, I'm going to do a three things I think about, but I want to do the next series of three things about restaurants. This three things I think about is going to be on what I look for, maybe a little bit more than three things, in a restaurant menu. Mm. And you can determine quite a bit about whether you're going to probably have a great meal. It's not a, you know, extremely accurate, always predictor of success, but it really does stack the deck to some degree in the restaurant's favor if I'm able to see it. And I can tell you the things I don't like right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And there's many, but these are the three right now. The menu itself. The physical nature of the menu. Mm -hmm. It has to be of, it can only be like an either or prop. It has to be huge. (laughs) And it's got to feel weighty and, and it's got to be the kind of like heft. Uh-huh. You're like, whoa, how did they, is it like triple plied? <laughs> and they got all this texture on it. Then each menu and it's like, they think it, you print one every day. And you're like, whoa. And the <laughs> dates on it. Yeah. Each menu is like 12 bucks. Yeah. This is like, really? It's on like card stock. It's, it's not like, in card stock. It's like menu stock. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. You can go to a restaurant sometimes and, and the menu is so fucking fabulous. The feel of it. Yeah. You just know you're in for a glorious time. You could you could put this thing on a piece of wood and go down to the rider strike and just hold it up there. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. There's so many things. Or it's printed. You can feel that the menu is hot because it was just freshly printed. <laughs> and all the menus are cut wrong. Because they were just for it and sliced in a rush. Yeah. Yeah. You want that. In, in fact, I think that is like the best predictor of, of a dining success mm-hmm. is a fresh menu with the date that just printed. And like, it looked like a five-year-old made it. <laughs> 
And I why, should know because we used to do a lot of this. Why is that a good indicator? They are not worried about, they're just trying to give you the bare minimum, the information of the day. Mm-hmm. And that they were waiting to the last second to like put specials on or whatever, whatever, whatever. To see what was going to work and they put it on there and they printed it out and got it to you. And it's also a place that doesn't give a fuck about like the, 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 the trappings of traditional success and of a restaurant. They're just like, we're just here to feed you. All right? Yeah. I love that because it's just as the crow flies. We're not here for anything else. Mm-hmm. And a menu, it's a specific kind of menu that is small. It's almost a, the smaller menu is better. When it's like not on cardstock, but on, you know, Kinko's paper, that type of shit. Mm-hmm. I want, I love that. Right. And there's no color. It's just black and white and it's barely black and white because they're right. trying to save money on the fucking ink and it should have been replaced two weeks ago, but they're not doing it. He was writing out a toner. Yeah, exactly. The logo didn't show up entirely. So I think you're talking specifically about like kind of more, you know, ambitious or restaurant restaurants. But I also, can I say one other one sort of from the same menu sign that I, I, I want to get your opinion on? What do you think about the sort of laminated menu that hasn't been reprinted for 15 years, but they have like one big special and they've had to put a little piece of tape over it with a new price, like no, four no, different no, times. No, no, that's out, that's out, that's out. <laughs> You're against that. I, I don't want that. I don't, I'm not saying they can't be good, but I, I don't want that. I don't want that. It's, it's either, you know, the menu is expensive as most restaurants' meals, right? The actual physical menu. Or it's just like so poorly made. <laughs> but like freshly made. It's like printed that day. Got you. That's what I want. Got you. Everything in between, it gives me the, yeah. <laughs> All right. So also, menus. I'm going to say this. If it's a chalkboard, there's no menu, but there's a chalkboard. A real legitimate chalkboard. Not like the chalkboard that's just been there, printed over and over and over. And the, the real same, same thing mystery is whenever somebody has a chalkboard, you're like, who the fuck has that beautiful cursive? Right? It's amazing. Somebody on staff is keeping their job because of their handwriting. I'd also give you another thing. On menus that are big and stocky and beautiful and they're like very expensive, I like it when a menu's in cursive. You know why? It cuts out all the riffraff. What do you mean? It's so hard to read. Especially when it's like an Italian restaurant. You're like, I have no idea. But I, 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 I can figure out that that says piccata. I'll get that. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I like those menus. Sorry. Just to be clear. When you say it cuts out all the riffraff, you mean for you visually, because it's so hard to read some of them, you just write them off completely and just search for the things that you can recognize. Yeah. The riffraff is words that are too long and hard to read. But it's also, it's not going to give you the dumb yelpers. It's not going to get people that are like, it doesn't have to be even a fancy restaurant. It's just like, I don't have the patience for this. It's too hard to read. Sure. Sure. Oh, I see spaghetti. That one. Yeah. (laughs) This one. You know what's going to be good because you know why? It's the same fucking word that everyone else can recognize. (laughs) For some reason, chef, this spaghetti is selling. Well, that's the only thing they can see on the menu. So <laughs> everything else is just gibberish. This is a toss-up to menus that look like you're watching uh, the screen of CNBC, right? When there's so much shit, multicolors. More often than not, it's a grab bag. Mm. You know, it's more often than it's going to be bad. But every once in a while, you draft that Tom Brady motherfucker. 
What do you mean? It's like information it's overload. It's so bad where the the font is over the picture and sometimes the picture is over the font. And right. It looks like somebody, going everywhere. It looks like a menu. looks like a zine. Somebody just pasted together this yeah. menu from different yeah. pieces of paper. I can go on and on about the menu. Second thing I'm looking for is the verbiage, the actual words that are used. I will tell you the ones that I immediately, if you use these words, doesn't mean that it's going to be bad. In fact, I'm sure some of my restaurants even use some of these fucking words. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let me give you an example. I could say like, I don't, I hate smokers. Well, one of my sons could be, well, my daughters could be fucking smoking cigarettes. You know, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Sure. Any menu that has trio or duo, get the fuck out. <laughs> out. <laughs> what, what about, oh, I, again, I swear, and I made a joke about it many years ago. There was a menu that had menage a trois. Out. <laughs> Get out. I, I, I carve out one exception for this rule. I will, I will order a trio of ice creams or sorbets. No. I will get the trio. Just call of it sorbets. sampler. <laughs> Duo. You mean two? Do <laughs> du- you mean three? Duo, Duo of chicken fingers. <laughs> so dumb. Lacto fermented. Mm, you, you now get the get. You gotta go. You gotta go. I may you if you have it could be a great restaurant, but if you put lacto fermented, you're now you could be like in my mind you could be starting at a B to an A plus, but now I'm moving you all the way down to an F. You got a long way to go to get back to because like. What are you passing. trying to signal if you say lacto fermented instead of just pickled? You're trying to you're trying to be something. Pinky. You mean you're. You understand food science, <laughs> right? Where it's like I want to understand <laughs> lactobacillic fermentation. Yeah, from a cook. You're right. gonna tell me the science of it, right? I, I, some some do. It's like instead of saying things, yeah. I, I guess what you're saying you mean is it's like, pickled. Instead of saying like sautéed spinach, be like thermally heated. Yeah, like uh, spinach. You could just say pickled, right? Pickled turnips. What does it tell you about a restaurant that? Choose this to say, no, we could say pickle, but no, we're lacto fermented. I want, I want to turn up. They should Fuck just off. They should do all like, seriously though, if you're doing lacto fermented uh, uh, turnips, then whenever you say you cook something, you should be like thermodynamically altered <laughs> beef. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> I guess you could do that. And there's another one I don't like any restaurant, any menu that has fresh on it, just the word fresh. Yeah, yeah. What do you want me to eat? <laughs> Old, stale, fresh fruit. Like, okay. It is. It is. It is wild. But everything we serve is fresh. Okay. But it, if they wouldn't do if it didn't work. Fresh is such a weird, fresh. crazy American. Any indicator. menu that has fresh, I'm extremely dubious of, or I hate <laughs> outright. I just hate you. <laughs> just hate you. The next one. House baked out. <laughs> I might walk out. <laughs> I'm out. I don't need to know that you made a house baked. I don't need to know that it's house made. Yeah. House made solo- sodas. Yeah. I'm out. I might as well see a fucking mouse on the ground. <laughs> a big old cat sized rat. I'm out. If there's a house made soda, you're it's the equivalent of a rat walking up to you and be like, I take your order, sir. Oh, this is house baked bread. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't. Is it that is you, it good? Uh, That's all I care. 
doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know how many times people say it's house made thinking that it's better? Wrong. Well, that's the thing is like so many things that you make in house shouldn't be made in house. You can't do it because it sets the bar too fucking high. You are literally pointing to the upper decks yeah. as a baseball player before the pitch happens. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. You want to look like a schlub. You want you want the opposite to happen where it's like, where do you guys get the spread? Oh, we just bake it. Yeah. Or it's like don't worry just about not, it. don't worry about it. <laughs> And, the, and the, the greatest offender of it all is the house-made ketchup, of course. Please stop doing that. You know who you are. There's a chef out there on the west side. Good friend of mine. I did have a long talk with you about this. I told you to stop making that shit. <laughs> ketchup? Yeah. Dude. Can't, guys... The internet sleuths on Discord are definitely going to find out this, chef. I told this fucking guy, my good friend, stop wasting your fucking time. Stop it. You do not have to make your own house-made ketchup. I know it's good. But stop it. There's a better use of your time. Yeah. Unbelievable waste of time. Here's another thing that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't need the menu to give me the geographic location and provenance of everything. Sure. Or, or if it's local. You then if it's local, then why don't you also logically say it'll be the shit that's far away? <laughs> right? Like local burrata. It's like, well, then tell me that Parmesan's made far away. <laughs> local burrata served on four. I know mean, sometimes you do import it, but that's literally stupid. Everything on your menu is important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when it's okay with things that need provenance. I mean, wine, fine. Yeah, wine. Yeah. That's about it. it but how far do you need to go there? Most people aren't getting past the wines by the glass. <laughs> do, you think, do you think they should, rather than be like whichever specific uh, mountainside in France that these grapes were grown on, should it just say Europe? Yeah. <laughs> just it's good. It's good. Europe. But I don't need to know if it's from, you know, Northwestern Canada. Now, do you... I don't care if your fucking wild rice is from <laughs> the lakes of Minnesota. I don't give a fuck. I don't need to know that it's native. No shit. That's fine. So what about what about listing the farm name? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I feel like we helped start that trend. I think so too. And now we... Again, I'm so far removed. I don't really know. But I would put it on the website or on the back page of the menu where it's just like these are the producers. Our producer purveyors, yeah. Right? I think people should just start putting like whatever, like like Target's brand Archer Farms. They should just start putting that on the menus. <laughs> just Archer Farms. Cisco. <laughs> Cisco. We wrap our Cisco We fields. wrap our foods in our, our nine pans in Cisco plastic wrap. <laughs> it's non-biodegradable. <laughs> Here's another thing I'm looking for. If English is your first language, right? Literally, English, you speak fluently and you can write well enough. If it is your first language, you are not allowed to use these two words on your menu. You're just not allowed. Chef special or signature? (laughs) That is reserved for people that are in ESL programs. And usually it's indicated by a a little hat. Next yeah, to the food item. You can't. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> You're not allowed to. The chef's special section 
is 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 exclusively reserved for non-native English speakers. I agree with that. You know, tell me I'm wrong. He's definitely going to disagree with this. I don't even want to touch this. Why? Oh, come on, guys. Because this is because this this uh, dine LA motherfucker's first look is at the chef special section. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like you know. I mean, I agree with the point, but like the the demographic you're pointing to is not cool. Like I don't. What is talking about? What are you talking about? Saying like, oh, it's reserved for like ESL people. It's just like no, no. It's for restaurants that are crafting their menu who aren't native English speakers who want to communicate that this is legitimately the specialty of the chef, (laughs) not some fucking. When I go to like uh, a Hillstones knockoff, don't you fucking tell me (laughs) that this is your chef special, (laughs) right? That's it. Chef special when you go to a Chinese restaurant is literally the thing that's like, hey, I'm I'm waving my hands, being like. This is the stuff I actually yes. like to make. Yes. I actually it like is, this stuff. Like, from my hometown. <laughs> yeah, I make this. I'm not, I understand where you're coming from, how people can say it like, oh, that's fucking whatever the fuck you're thinking. That is not. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> reserve this for people that meet. Like, it's important. Right. It's like, don't, for everyone else that uses it, it diminishes the people that don't have the front of the house or ability yeah. to translate and to communicate the things that are fucking meaningful to right. them. The macadamia crusted halibut you're trying to move because the halibut's going bad is not a chef special. And that's not your signature dish. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Now you understand? Jesus Christ, you know. <laughs> chef special, man. All right. So All right, here's another thing. I, 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 again, I almost... I, I can live with any menu item number price that ends in 99. I'd rather not... <laughs> Just round it up. Just round it up. Okay? I can live with that. Sure. Where I cannot live with it <laughs> is dot nine five. Eight ninety five. It's like a visual thing. I'm just it gets me seeing red and I don't like it. <laughs> what is the logic between dot nine five? Ninety five cents makes no or sense. Or it's on ninety nine. Yeah. But like just go to ninety nine. <laughs> just go to ninety nine. Yeah, I all right. I also study the menus to see if there's potential mislabeling. Uh-huh. Like what? Wild Atlantic salmon. Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> Illegal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. False advertising you're or, looking for. Or Scottish salmon. <laughs> That's another one. Or <laughs> specifically around Imported salmon. from Norwegian. No, Norwegian. <laughs> imported from Nor- <laughs> Norwegian. Imported from Norway. Salmon. I'm like, no. Fuck off. Yeah. Why does salmon get so much bullshit labeling? Because it's the number one, I think, most consumed protein outside of chicken. It's insane. And any menu that has truffle fries, unless you're a hotel ordering room service or you're Pac Bell Park, it's not even called Pac Bell Park, and you see all these numbskulls eating truffle fried potatoes, I'm out. All right. Truffle oil out. Truffle aioli, the worst one. That's the worst one. No one told you. You can theoretically make a good one. With? With real truffles. Yeah. But, you know. but trying to, but taking that truffle oil and emulsifying it so that we have to eat even more of it is insane. I think what, the last thing I'm looking for are actually the items uh, on the dish, right? I want a menu that just has the words and that's it. It's like... Roasted snapper, comma, fennel, comma, charred scallion, comma, habanero. Great. 
You can only have more than two. It's your minimum is two plus the ingredient, main ingredient, and the preparation. So you could say poached langoustines, orange, mm. star anise, mm-hmm. vermouth. I don't know, right? You like that. You like it because you get a sense of the flavors you're going to get. And the the preparation and the plating and everything else is going to be something of a surprise and a mystery. This and- is the only time in my life where grammar makes sense to me, and it's important. <laughs> like you can't put a comma before the and. <laughs> well, you can't. That's the Oxford comma. The Oxford comma, whatever the fuck. I'm just saying, like, it cannot have more than three. Okay. You can do main protein and then three things or two things. But when you go more, and if you give me a description of every one of the ingredients. Yeah. In its preparation. But I think the other important thing you're saying is identifying the main component with some kind of preparation is important because sometimes you'll get the menu that just says like cod, lemon, pepper, olive. That like, I hate. What the hell is the main thing? Just How is it cooked? Smoke cod. Yeah. That's all, all you need is one just, description. Right. And then I know it's a smoke cod dish and here's all the components of it. Um, that to me is a big thing. If it's too much description of everything, I, I'm out. <laughs> I'm straight out. There's a lot of things when, you know, some restaurants can have multiple ways of, you know, I'm going to stick to this. When I see, say, Branzino, in general, I'm like, ah. Uh. I'm out on Branzino. But when I see Branzino done three ways, it's not like a diner when you can have lemon sole, Dover sole, you know, mm-hmm. sole piccata, whatever. Uh-huh. It's like, no, you have one sole. Oh, no, you have one Branzino, but you're charging half of it for $30. Now it's Branzino for two for $85. I don't even know. It just drives me crazy. What is your... So these so these metrics of the verbiage, the... Quotation marks. <laughs> Unless you are from the lineage of Thomas Keller, you are not allowed to use quotation marks on your menu. And even he pushes it to the fucking... The, the limit of quotation marks. Uh-huh. Where... Three fourths of the menu at the French Only per se have quotation marks in it. <laughs> you, you put, you're pushing it. You're, you literally are taking it to as far as it can go. What if they just started putting quotation marks around laundry? <laughs> Even you know there are places that have quotation marks, but unless you are of that family, I don't think you're allowed to use quotation marks on a menu. I think so too. I think it's a. Uh... It's a little hacky. When you do duo in quotation marks, or also the quotation mark is also a sign of this is the chef's inter- deconstruction right. of veal parmesan. It's a, the, the quotation You're going to take a glass of burrata liquid and another glass of tomato consomme, and you're going to dip the chicken nugget in <laughs> parsley coulis. Right. Because I, I feel like it's it's Keller or, you know, in some extent, it's like Massimo's style of thing. It's like they're they're using it to just like legitimately describe something. I feel like a lot of other times you see quotation marks, someone's trying to get away with something. I don't know. Mapo, just... whatever, you know, in quotation marks. It's I like, hate, let's just get rid of quotation marks. Yeah. Unless, unless, and we're going to end it on here, unless you have a server that does this. <laughs> So we have the real duo. (laughs) No printed quotation marks, but if you want to verbal the quotation marks, listen, we were gonna we were gonna do a slice, and we're gonna do a couple other things, but we're gonna have to save that because we've been running a little bit long here. (laughs) But um, yeah, 
my God. PFFW. <laughs> it's coming. Coming to a, a sports betting site near you. Yeah. <laughs> Bet your life on it. 